And just like at Camp at Coast, at the end of the skit, we would have a small devotion. And I got to tell you, one of the most incredible uh, things I've ever heard at this church was hundreds of little voices praying a prayer with me to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. And I'll never forget uh, the Thursday that we gave, uh, had led them to the Lord. One, uh, one of the uh, girls, she saw me in the hallway. She came running up to me, practically jumped in my arms and said, I got Jesus today. I got Jesus today. And I'm like, man, I want your enthusiasm throughout our whole church. We can all walk in church going, we got Jesus today. Amen. Let's give it up for our vacation uh, Camp and Coast guys. There's a truth about this skit, something that Mason was trying to get across. You can see from my own shirt, this is my human costume. We're not bots. We are human beings. Mason was not the one that created or Zelda or Ender, but God created us. And we don't have gears and gadgets No, we have a heart. And God, God looks at the heart. He perceives what's inside the heart. Oh, sometimes our face can express what's on our heart, but sometimes we can hide behind, well, a mask that we may put in front of our heart. But we can't hide from God because God knows the heart. He created us. He he knows our inmost being. In fact, as we've been studying in 1 Samuel, there's a story in chapter 16. And in chapter 16, we learn how important the life principle of having a heart after God is. A heart after God? Well, that's what King David had. Oh, but he wasn't king yet. Samuel, Samuel's sad. His heart is sad. Samuel is afraid. He's sad because he feels like he's made some mistakes as a parent. Oh, his children aren't following the Lord. And as a mentor, Saul is not following the Lord. And as a prophet, the nation has rejected God as their king on his watch. And Samuel's heart is sad. But what's amazing about God is because he created us and he is able to see our heart, he knew that Samuel was sad. And so he comes to Samuel right in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and he says to him, how long are you going to mourn for Saul? I know you're sad. I can see your heart. How long are you going to mourn for Saul? And God knows where you're at. He knows if you're sad today, even if you walked in with a smile. He knows if you're mad today, even if you walked in joyfully. He knows, husband and wife, if you got a little tiff on the way, even though you may have been holding hands walking into church. He knows. He knows the heart. And he was able to look at Samuel and say, hey, listen, I know what's in your heart. I know that you're sad. And he speaks to Samuel. And what's amazing, what he does, he says to him, I want you to go to Bethlehem. I want you to go to Jesse. I want you to be able to go and fill your horn with oil because you're about to anoint a king. Oh, when God spoke to Samuel, all of a sudden, he knew. I'll never forget It was four months after uh, my brother had passed away and my dad had passed away that I found myself sitting on a couch. Four days, 
I was filled with grief. One of my, my wife called one of my friends and said, hey, I think you need to come over. He's sitting here, and I know he's answering phone calls, and I know that he is smiling on the phone, but I need you to know he's not gotten off this couch in the last four days. My heart was sad, and God knew my heart was sad. And on the fourth day, the Lord led me to a psalm. It was there in Psalm chapter 143 that he spoke a word to me. He said, I know the enemy is persecuting your soul, but I have a plan to revive you. And it knew exactly what to say to me at the right moment. How many of you had that thing where someone calls, someone texts, or you read something in scripture and it's exactly what you needed to hear? Go ahead, raise your hand. I want to see. That's God. He knows your heart. He knows what to say. Like he knew what to say to Samuel because he knows our hearts. Well, Samuel, he decides to go and he decides to be obedient and he found some joy in able to know that God had a plan. And he goes into this time in Bethlehem where he sees Eliab. Oh, strong, tall Eliab, the first son of Jesse. He's got to be the king of Israel. Let's pick up our story. It's 1 Samuel chapter 16. I want you to see we're more than bots. We've got a heart. We need to have a heart after God. Look at verse 6. And when he came, he took just one look at Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before uh, before him. Um, But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I've rejected him. For the Lord, listen carefully, sees not as man sees. Man looks in the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Samuel sees the stature of a man. Everyone would look and go, that's the guy. They wouldn't look at a young little kid. No, they would look at this man's man and Samuel goes, that's the guy. But God says, no, that's not him. The second son would come, the third son would come, the fourth one would come, the fifth one would come, but none of them, when God looked into the heart of that person, was the right king of Israel. So finally, at the end of it, Samuel's going, wait a second, none of these are it. God, why did you send me? And he asks Jesse a question. We're going to pick it up there in verse 11. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are are all your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest. Listen, little ones. Listen, my kindergartens, my first grades, my second graders. Listen carefully. The father says, there remains the youngest. If you're five years old, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're five, five, Marissa. Five years old. If you're six years old, raise your hand. Seven years old, raise your hand. Eight years old, raise your hand. Nine 10, 11, 12. All right, if you're 15 or under, 14 or under, stand up. 14 or under, stand up. Let's give it up for our kids. Come on, parents, you can do much better than that. Let's give it up for our kids. (laughs) Look at this one. How old are you? How old are you? Two. If you're two years old, raise your hand. Yeah! Go ahead and have your seat. I want you to see this, gang. God's looking at your heart. 
doesn't matter how old you are. Because here's Eliab, the oldest one, and God says, no, that's not him, because I want a guy that's got my heart. Remember what Samuel told Saul. Oh, it was in chapter 13, we studied it. Saul was rejected by God, and Samuel said to Saul, Saul, God's looking for a man after his own heart. Maybe you want to write it down. It's in Psalm chapter 78. Psalm chapter 78, verse 71. The Bible says that God called David out of the sheepfold. A shepherd. Ingenious. Saul would never look for a king amongst the shepherds. No, he would think that a warrior would try to overcome him. He would think maybe a good soldier would try to win. Surely he would never look for a shepherd. But God was not looking for strength on an outward appearance. You see, while David was in that sheepfold, he was writing stories. He was writing songs. In fact, we sing a lot of David's songs. It's the biggest book in the Bible. It's the book of Psalms. And you know when he wrote these Psalms? When he was a young little kid. When he was out watching sheep. Because God was building David's heart. And God wanted a man after his own heart. And as God was cultivating the heart of David, David was writing worship songs. That's what he was writing. Well, David comes in on the scene. Let's pick up our story right here where he says this. He says, he says um, there remains yet the youngest, he says, but behold, he's keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him, for we're not going to sit down until he comes here. Look at verse 12. And he sent and brought him in, and now he was ruddy, and he had beautiful eyes. He was handsome. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Listen to our story. David has no idea what's about to happen. He's got no idea he's about to be crowned the king. But God was building a heart. And when you've got a heart for God, gang, let me tell you something. The things that God has planned for you are going to blow your mind just like David's mind was blown. He comes in on the scene. Samuel looks at him and goes, that's the guy. David's like, who's the guy? Who are you talking about? And Samuel takes out his oil. He anoints him and says, this is the new king of Israel right there in front of all of his brothers. God had a huge plan for a man who had a heart after God. Because let me tell you something, your best life is found with a heart after God. Now, let me tell you, when the Bible talks about the heart, you see, the heart is the thing that pumps life into all of our body. And when the Bible is talking about the heart, it's talking about the thing that brings you life. It's talking about the thing that gives you like just so much hope and desire. It's talking about the thing that if it was taken away from you, you would be so disappointed and so dismayed. Zach and I, we flew in from Africa this past Monday and we had a a layover in Belgium. And while we were there, I couldn't wait. Now you guys know I'm a chocolate fanatic, right? Belgian 
chocolate, okay? Just go with me in this story, right? In Africa, no running water, no electricity. I mean, we are sweat. It's not, there are, there are mosquitoes so big. One came in the room, said, I'm taking your leg out to my friends. We'll be back in just a moment. I mean, seriously, it's Africa, right? And I don't want to downplay it because I want you guys to go to Liberia with me one day, but here's the deal. We get back. We've been eating African food. There's been like, it's, it's been Africa-ish, okay? So it was great. We had a great time, but I could not wait to get this Belgian chocolate. And I looked at Zach when we landed and I said to him, chocolate's in my heart. Like, I, I want chocolate. It's in my heart. It's what I want. Did you hear that? When the Bible is talking about being a man or a woman after God's own heart, what he's saying is we are making God what we want. Not what we have to do. Not what we're supposed to do. Oh, when we worship because we want to worship, oh, our hands are lifted. We're doing motions. It's not silly. Even Michael, when she was looking at David, praising God up and down the streets much later in his ministry, he said, listen, I'm going to become even more undignified than this. I'm going to worship God because I love him with all my heart. Church, listen. God's looking for a person after his heart because he's got the best life for you. And I want to show you this. They're speaking about David. Go with me if you would. Skip all the way to verse 18. And I want you to see the kind of person, the kind of life that David had because God was the center of his heart. He says, behold, I've seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence, and the Lord is with him. Listen to the kind of life David had. David could play the harp and the guitar, and David could fight a war. David was smart, and he knew how to handle himself. David was an incredible warrior, but the most incredible thing that he had going for him the Lord was with him because he had a heart after God. Do you see the kind of life that God had for David? He had no idea he was going to be king, gang. But because he had a heart after God, his best life was in front of him. Church, having a heart after God, that's what we've been trying to communicate to the kids. It's what we're trying to communicate to all of us. Miss Sherry and myself, oh, we stood up in front of the kids every single day. Miss Sherry, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, myself, Tuesday, and Thursday. And we were expressing to them the importance that God is our creator. And he's given us a heart. And we get to choose. And what kind of life do you want? Do you want a David kind of life? Filled with the surprises of God where he's got your best life in front of you. Or do you want a Saul kind of life? Because Saul didn't have a good heart. And Saul lost everything because he didn't have a heart after God. So listen up, gang. Your best life, it's right in front of you with a heart that's after God. Would you pray with me?